What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ready Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I'm doing with my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Kind of a surprise show we're bringing to you guys tonight. Yep. So thank you, everybody, for joining. Matt, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, you know, we got the bye week uh, over with. We're going to be coming up on the Colts, who I think the 49ers can beat. But, you know, unlike me, all is not well out in 49er land. So we're going to have to talk about that, man. Let's jump into it. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, if you guys are, are tuning in right now on Twitter, please go and find us on YouTube. YouTube. We cannot see or interact with any of your comments. Go to YouTube, search 49ers Hive, and you'll see us there. We could see your comments, interact with them. That'll be much easier. Um, there's so much going on, Matt. I don't know what's going on with the 49ers as far as crisis. John Lynch got asked about that by Matt Mayoko in the latest interview he did with him. And John Lynch should not play poker because he was giving away all these tales, you know, rubbing his ear, uh, rubbing his nose, no matter what the question was, right before he had to answer. Exactly. I mean, what's going on with this? Are the 49ers in complete disarray? I don't know. Listen, I didn't know that John Lynch was a baseball coach um, out there giving signs to steal second base, uh, but he was all over the place. You could tell his body language. He's saying, oh, the team's not in crisis. His body language is saying that there is something going on. I know Grant Cohn talked about it. I, it's pretty obvious. We all see it. Um, it's really weird. Unlike years past where the 49ers had a rash of injuries and you know the fan base was kind of like, oh, it's not Kyle's fault. It's not John's fault. We can't help these injuries and this and this and that. I think that both the locker room and the fan base are divided between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. I think that this is where the struggle is coming from. And they're going to have to make a decision. And their careers and their time in San Francisco are going to ride on the decision that they make. Uh, unlike in years past, there is a lot of things going on with them uh, internally. Um, I think that there is some friction, whether it's from Jed York or it's between John and Kyle. That remains to be seen, but it's very clear that something's not right here. Um, the game plan going into this season was just unclear, murky at best, and now it looks like they just don't know what they're doing, which is never a good sign. Um, at least in years past, it's like you can see, oh, Kyle at least is calling good game plans because Nick Mullins is able to do this and this and this, or C.J. Beathard is able to do this and this. You know, Brandon Ayuk, almost a thousand yard receiver as a rookie with Nick Mullins primarily as his quarterback because of the way that Kyle schemed the game. But then we watched that abomination last week, um, or I'm sorry, the week before with Trey Lance's first start. And we're just wondering, like, what is going on? Because they, it didn't look like Kyle had any idea how to use Trey Lance. Um, had him primarily under shotgun when Trey Lance played a lot of his time at North Dakota State from under center which is what Kyle kind of wants to do anyway. Um, there's there's something going on underneath the surface, whether it's Kyle being stubborn and wanting to start Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe the offseason rumors were true, which we didn't you know, really think about, and he really did want Mac Jones and was talked off that cliff, so this is his way of kind of rebelling. I don't know what the case is, but the 49ers are in kind of in disarray right now, and it's really concerning this early in the season. They're only a half game out of the wild card, but – with just the way the the atmosphere is around the team and surrounding the front office and surrounding the coaching staff, surrounding that quarterback controversy, it just feels like they're miles away from the playoffs. It really does. And honestly, you mentioned a half game. It's like 
a game feels out of reach at this point. With what we've seen from the 49ers offensively, it's very, very disheartening to see with all the stuff with Brandon Ayuk constantly being told in the media he needs to earn his reps. We need to see more from him. And then today we saw uh, Javon Kinlaw post on his Instagram story, you know, this business is full of some sucker shit or something like that. Um, I don't know what's going on with this with this this front office with Kyle and John, but they need to get it figured out and they need to get it figured out quick because like you said, Matt, the injuries excuse, that doesn't that still can't be your card when you're in year five. Um, you should have had it figured out by now. And if you don't, you solely bear the responsibility of that failure. The both of them, I should say. Um, yep. I do think that there's an interesting debate to be had regarding Trey Lance, Mac Jones. I don't buy it, at least not yet, until we see more. But it is interesting just how Kyle Shanahan used Trey Lance basically exactly like you shouldn't have used Trey Lance, especially in his first start. I mean, from the first play of the game, he was an empty set. We're not going to you know, go over the Cardinals game. We already did that. But still, I think it just shows you know, incompetence. He's using him incorrectly, and he's not putting him in right. positions to find success. And that ultimately falls on Kyle Shanahan. Um, yeah, I think it was real telling that he came out when he watched the tape and was like, oh, yeah, like everything looked good to me. And I'm like, dude, you ran him so much. It looked good to you. What are you watching? Yeah. You know, exactly. I just, it, did, it didn't make sense to me. The best way to be able to use Trey Lance is to run him from under center and use the running backs. I mean, Trey Lance had more carries than the rest of the team combined. And that's just inexcusable. You got Elijah Mitchell coming back who like does wonders for Jimmy. And it's going to be interesting because I do think that Jimmy's going to start against the Colts because Trey Lance isn't practicing yet. So, I mean, if you if if Kyle's under the impression that he wasn't ready to begin with, he's definitely not going to throw him in on like two days of practice or whatever. So it's going to be Jimmy. And it's going to be really interesting to see the game plan that he calls because I guarantee you Elijah Mitchell, you know, and those running backs, um, Trey Sermon's, you know, going to be in the doghouse. So it's probably going to be Jermichael Hasty who's coming off of IR. They're going to be the ones. I bet you that they're going to get a bulk of the carries and that he's going to protect Jimmy. And he should be doing that for Trey Lance. The whole purpose of Trey Lance is to give you that out card if you need it, but you shouldn't be hunting for, you know, don't use Trey Lance like he's Michael Vick or he's Lamar Jackson. He's not. Um, and you don't need him to be. I think that Trey has the potential to be a much more refined passer than that. Um, I did like what they were doing with the shots downfield. That's that's very clear. But you have to be able to set up those deep shots by using the running backs in the running game. Because if the run game is effective and Trey Lance is out there and and you know as even as a decoy, the defense is going to have to respect Trey Lance's ability. So they're gonna you know that's gonna open up the running game. The running game is gonna open up the play action game. The play action game is gonna open up those play action deep shots down the field. It's all getting the ball rolling. And it's interesting to me that we as fans seem to see this from a mile away, but Kyle Shanahan with it two inches in front of his face seems to be blind to the whole thing. It's it's baffling to me. It really is. Um, and we got a super chat for John Fernando. Lynch right there, by the way. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fernando. He says, thanks for your show. Keep it up. Thank we you really so appreciate you tuning in. Um, Evening, fellas. What's up, Dion? Go go subscribe to Dion if you guys haven't already. Great show over there. 
Um, and guys, if you're tuning in oh, on Twitter, by the way, I gotta say this because I think it's too funny not to say this. Hey, Dion, my wife's 68 year old aunt thinks you're a hottie. She watched one of our shows with you on it, and she was like, "He looks nice." Just there, you go. there you go, Dion. There you there go, you go Dion. Um, if you're watching the on Twitter, an ego boost right there. Go tune in to, to our YouTube channel so we can see and interact with your thoughts. We cannot see anything on Twitter. Um, what I think is very, very interesting, though, is that it's very likely that Kyle Shanahan is just doing a bad job, but he's so talented and, and bright, offensively speaking, that we as fans immediately think sabotage. You know, it's it's almost like we don't even give him the realm of possibility of he's just not doing good or he's not coaching as well as he can. It's he's probably doing something on purpose to be bad. And I think that speaks to how much faith we have in him as a coach. And it's really unfortunate that that's how quickly things have soured. I've seen fans calling for his job. I've seen fans calling for John Lynch's job. And just a few years ago, we were talking about them for, you know, coach and GM of the year candidates. So yeah. It's it's a quick fall from grace, but here we are, two and three into a bye week. Team seems divided. Uh, the, the the front office is taking shots at players in the media. It seems pretty ugly. I saw today John Lynch was saying too about Ambry Thomas, how you know they knew he was going to be a project and they have a nice plan for him. And I tweeted, oh, is that the same plan you guys had for Akello? Because that didn't really seem to pan out, and maybe that's on Akello more than Ambry. But I just cannot fathom that a team that you believe is in win now position you draft with one of your earlier picks a corner who you think might not start for a few years i don't think that anybody really in the know thinks that they're in a win now position anymore i think we can kind of put the kibosh on that but i did also think beyond just you know the wiggling of the ear and all the stuff that that john lynch was doing during his interview with matt miyoko i think it was really telling that his whole demeanor was kind of subdued John Lynch is this effusive, super positive guy, right? And even he seems to be beaten down by this whole thing. And I think if I had to just take a guess of where that's coming from, I think it's coming from Kyle. And I think Kyle is getting to be a little disgruntled. I think he's got a case of the red ass like his dad did. And I think that guys like that have a shelf life. We saw it with uh, Harbaugh, where, man, that, that style starts to wear. And I know that Kyle likes to praise his players but you can see his demeanor on the sideline and how expressive he is with his disdain for what's happening um i i just think that there is there's an issue there um and you'd like to see it improve over time but we just don't know and i think that it, a lot of it has to do with the quarterback situation it could just be as simple as as kyle feels immense pressure and he doesn't know which way to go. And he feels like the locker room is split and he's stuck between a rock and a hard place where they draft Trey Lance with all this potential. And maybe he genuinely doesn't think that he's ready, um, but at the same time knows that he has to have Trey Lance there because Jimmy Garoppolo just gets hurt. And Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do you know the job that that Kyle needs him to do to not be able to you know have to try play, uh, play Trey. Yeah. Um, and I just don't. You know, I think that he, that pressure is leading to a lot of this friction right now. And it makes you wonder, should they just cut the cord? I mean, there are teams out there right now that could use quarterback, you know. Uh, Houston, knock on Houston's door. Maybe the, the way to do it is to just 
start selling off, you know, make the the change to Trey Lance. And if anybody voices their disgruntled, whatever, start selling off pieces, whether that's George Kittle, whether that's somebody else. It sucks to say, but this team might need to overhaul some of the roster to kind of, you know, and it's crazy to say this at two and three. And of course, this is all speculation and maybe a victory this week kind of changes all things and put some salve on the wound or whatever. We go into the Chicago Bears game and take care of business there. And all of a sudden now you're looking at a team that's four and three instead of two and three. And they're, you know, they're in a better spot or whatever. Um, I saw something where that 49ers had the eighth toughest schedule in the NFL per win percentage in their first five weeks. And then after that, it looked like they're the 26th. So the schedule's going to get easier. Um, I mean, minus the division games that they have left. Uh, obviously, the Rams are going to be a really tough test, but uh, you, you, there, there are ways to win. I just I think that if you're going to go to Trey Lance eventually, um, you need to do it sooner rather than later because he needs the time to develop. You know, I don't want this Ed Grant's a big time doomsayer, but he put out a video today about how Jimmy Garoppolo could be the starting quarterback next year for the 49ers. And I'm just like, that's crazy to me. So they got to do something because obviously between the fans, the team, the coaching staff, the front office, something's not working. And it's, it's really disruptive to, it, it almost makes the team watchable in a way that's more train wreck than fun. I don't know that anybody's having fun watching the 49ers right now. It, it reminds me of the, the Jim Tom Sula, Chip Kelly era. Um, where it was like, you couldn't look, it's like a car accident. You couldn't look away from it. You know, it's really bad, but you're just so intrigued that you have to keep your eyes on it. Hopefully they prove us wrong. I think there's still plenty of potential. What's very promising. And I guess encouraging is that all three of their losses, they easily could have won easily could have won. And then seeing the Cardinals go uh, into Cleveland and just completely, destroy the Browns who I thought were going to put up a very, very good fight. That also is very encouraging because the Niners held them to 17 points. Um, They, you know, came within one score of winning the game. They should have won the game. um, If Kyle didn't go for it five times on fourth down, which I get the argument. Trust me. I like their aggressiveness. Just at some point you're not getting it. I think maybe you you make a different decision, Um, but it's encouraging on the flip side. I've seen people say, okay, sure. But they also won their two wins very closely that easily could have been you know losses they could have been 0-5 but that's just the margin of error in the NFL it's really that small that one or two plays go away you don't want them to go and suddenly you lose these games Um, Matt you talked about potentially having to get rid of some players that maybe aren't with the Niners moving to Trey our guy Stuart brought up the question today are the Niners buyers or sellers at the trade deadline it's going to depend what, with what happens in the next couple of weeks. Um, if they don't take care of business against Colts and they can't pull out a win against the Bears, I definitely think that they could start looking to sell. Um, and particular, again, my mind just keeps. And this is, I you know, nobody has any information or this or this or that. I'm not saying I want it to happen, but my mind keeps going back to George Kittle. George Kittle is starting to get up there in age. He's, you know plays a physical style that lends him to getting injured. We know that he's super on board with Jimmy. And so if there was somebody in the locker room that I felt like would be going to bat for Jimmy in a way that could be detrimental to the team moving on from Jimmy, I think it would be George and the team could look to move him. And and again, this is just 
Worst case scenario, I don't think that, you know, it's necessarily a true thing. I'm just looking at it outside in just like everybody else. But I do think that if anybody was, you know, I mean, it sucks to say, but I mean, who, who else would you really be wanting to move? I mean, Kittle signed that gigantic contract and now he's, he's injured again. So, yeah, it's tough. Um, Ian Sharp's asking, have we seen the best of Kittle? I think so. I don't know how, again, he plays that physical style. I mean, I think again, the, the year that he set the record, which has subsequently been broken. um, I think that was the best that we were going to get out of Kittle. Um, He's still an amazing tight end when he's playing, but the problem is availability and he missed games last year and he missed game, you know, he's missing games this year. And, you know, it's, it's a rarity, you know, that, that Kittle has played uh, 16 games. You know, I agree. It's just, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of pulling it up right here. He's played 16 games once. Um, and the last two years have been very, very injury filled. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not good enough, man. It's not good enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say with the George Kittle thing. I just think that he, again, because he, he plays 115% all the time. Um, like I said, with the baseball references, it was like Bryce Harper was early in his career where everything was just balls to the wall all the time. There's no change up. Everything's a fastball. And in football, it, it, you're just going to end up getting injured. And somebody who's been injured that many times, you don't start getting more healthy as you hit. 29 30 31 32 you know what i mean um, yeah. and when his physical gifts go what is he going to be left with that's that's the real question that i have these injuries are just going to shorten his potential prime and you know maybe we have seen the best kittle to be honest yeah um i spoke with dr narav pandya he's the uh, director of sports med at ucsf the interview should be out by tomorrow. Keep an eye on that on our YouTube channel. But we actually talked about George Kittle a little bit, and he was talking about how he really liked the decision to put him on IR and let that injury fully heal. Um, it, it's going to be tough, man. Um, but I agree with you, Matt. I think the next two games are going to be really telling of where this team is and where they're going. Um, with Seattle losing Russell Wilson you know, for six to eight weeks, however long that injury was quoted for, the NFC West is a little closer now. And, you know, they played both the Cardinals and the Seahawks very tough, very close losses. We'll see how they play L.A. We The Niners have not played them with Matthew Stafford, but historically they have played them tough as well. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. But I really do think that this team, you know, they're, 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 the, the sand, whatever, the you know, those little sand glass things, it's getting to the bottom hourglass. of that hourglass. There you go. Yeah. The sand's getting getting close there, and it's time to flip it over pretty soon. So they better get it in order. You've been uh you've been partaking in the eighty one vino there, Zach. A little <laughs> bit, just a little bit. Long day. And I agree with Steve. The hospital balls to Kittle don't help him either. But that's the thing. Who's throwing him those? And that it makes it so weird to me that Kittle is just such a big Jimmy Hawk. I know they're friends, but at some point, like if my friend you know, gets me hurt enough. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Can you not? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it may, it's difficult to believe that Kittle is such a, a Jimmy honk when Jimmy has just 
nearly ended his season three or four times now. Yeah. And and look at the success that he's, by the way, that he's had with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard and stuff. It's just he always seems to get hurt when Jimmy is playing. Maybe, maybe Jimmy is the issue here all around. Yep. That's a good point. Um, and and touching on have we seen the best of Kittle? I think we've seen the best, maybe statistically. However, the Niners shouldn't need him to be that to have success. They need just 85% of Kittle consistently with the other weapons, with a competent quarterback. That's a great offense right there with Debo, Ayuk, once they finally get him involved. Um, I really do think that that's all they need from him. But he plays so physically. The hospital balls don't help. It, yeah. It's it's tough. And I'm not saying – and, co- you know, Coach brings up the, the comment that the injuries are not the fault of the QB. I'm not saying that they're the fault of Jimmy. I'm just saying that putting – George in those positions doesn't help, you know, Jimmy throwing those passes the way like I, I still, I still cannot believe that George Kittle did not tear his ACL. Yeah. In that game. He bent completely backwards. It's yeah. Um, Let's see. Coach added, if you want to blame the quarterbacks, put a, a play highlight reel of quarterbacks exposing Kittle on routes. And then we could talk. That's called proof. I mean, I can There's put up plenty. I can put up a highlight reel of Jimmy Garoppolo exposing George Kittle. Yeah. Again, the the pass where George looked like he tore his ACL. You have the Buda Baker one. Like there there are there are instances of Jimmy. I'm not, but I'm not saying that the injuries are because of that. We're just saying they I don't help. They don't help. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's like a boxer, right? You might not get knocked out with like eating jabs all day, but eating jabs all day don't help you from, you know, preventing you getting knocked out. If that makes sense. You're you're just rack, racking up wear and tear when you take those big hits like that because instead of hitting you between the numbers and the hands, you have to jump for a ball to go and get it. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Yep. I agree. Um okay, moving on, Matt. You talked briefly um about, you know, the next couple of games. The 49ers have the Colts, they go to Chicago, they come back for the Cardinals, then they go to L.A. Out of their next four games, Colts, Bears, Cardinals, Rams, what do you think their record will be? Let's say um, with Jimmy as starter because let's take that variable out of the equation. I mean, yeah, if Jimmy's starting two and two or three and one, I think that they're, you know, they'll probably steal the second game from the Cardinals at home. Um, I think they're too talented to not beat the the Colts and the Bears. Um, but then they, you know, they get a layup week eleven at Jacksonville. I mean, that's a win. Um, I think they're going to lose the Rams. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's not that hard to imagine. The Rams have been yeah. a very good football two team. and two or three and one with with Jimmy and, and you know. The NFC is just really weird this year where it seems like the top and the bottom are really uh, separated more. So if you look at that first wild card, it's the Rams. And the Rams are 5-1. and one. So it just it's unfortunate that the NFC West, more so than usual, seems to be stacked and that we're probably going to catch the Seahawks at the absolute worst times. Like Russ got hurt the week after we played them. He's yeah. probably going to be back by the time we go to Seattle. Um, so that makes it, it difficult for the 49ers. They traditionally don't play well in Seattle. They did in 2019 when they got the division title, but you know, this is a different team. 
The defense, fortunately, looks really good um, despite the injuries that they've had on the back end of the secondary. I think a lot of that has to do with the pass rush, which has been pretty pretty darn good. Again, I'd like to see them force more turnovers, but if the defense can keep the offense in games, and you know Jimmy's going to have the occasional outburst, and they're going to be able to keep their head above water. It's just the question becomes: Are we really? Do we really want to play for the second wild card and maybe a divisional berth, or do we want to develop Trey Lance? And maybe we do sacrifice that second wild card and we don't make the playoffs and we finish somewhere eight and nine, nine and eight, or something like that, right? And don't make it. But then going into year two, Trey has adjusted to the speed of the game, has developed a little bit, and now you're ready to really kind of let him loose on the big stage. Those are the type of things that I think as fans we're worried about too. I think the 49ers always want, you know, 49er fans always want the team to win. Um, But at the same time, I think that there's something in the back of everybody's mind that's just like, man, is it the best thing to leave this kid on the bench? Even if he's not ready to win games, he needs to learn how to play the position. I agree. Um, And what's frustrating is that it seems like they're not going to give him that chance this season unless something happens to Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's injury right. or he plays so poorly that it's well, unfathomable to keep. Yeah, I mean, the alternative is is if they don't win these first couple games, if they don't win against against the Colts and the Bears, and then they don't, you know, I mean, there's every possibility that the 49ers lose their next four games. If they do, they're definitely going to put Trey Lance in the game and just let him finish out the season because at that point. Now you're not even talking about playoffs. You just need to develop your rookie. Yeah, which I think that they that should be the primal primary focus. Um, did it bother you at all that I believe it was John Lynch that said, you know, in practice the starter gets ninety five percent of the snaps, and then the rookie or the backup, not even the rookie, the backup gets about five percent. In a normal situation, this is totally understandable. However, when you drafted a guy, mortgaged your future, traded three first round picks to get. And you get this guy who's supposed to be the future, and you're not developing him. He's not going to develop on the sidelines. Does that bother you? Because it bothered me a lot, and I wonder what your take was that. I mean, it is. That's just you know, that's just the way that football is. So I don't know. I just I feel like the starter should get the bulk of the reps. He's trying to get ready for the week. I think this is a unique situation, but at the same time, I really do think that the 49ers front office and and Kyle and them thought, hey, man, we can get back to the Super Bowl if we stay healthy with this roster. It's not bearing out that way, and I think they're going to have to adjust on the fly, but it doesn't bother me that that's what John Lynch said. It's just the situation's fluid, and I don't think that that's going to hold for the rest of the season. So, Yeah, yeah I, and again, in a normal situation where you have a unquestioned starter where you didn't just give up the immediate future for and you got to challenge him, I would agree with you, 95%, 5 that's totally, totally right. However, in this situation, I think a lot of fans are under the impression that behind the scenes, Trey Lance was getting in a lot of work to where when his time does come, he's ready. And apparently that was not happening. Um, so it's just very interesting to see how the 49ers have handled the situation um, moving through this season so far. Um, and it does seem like, Jimmy Garoppolo will start this weekend against the Colts on Sunday night, Matt. Um, Trey Lance was not spotted at practice today or today or yesterday. I forget when it was. Um, yeah. This doesn't surprise you at all. You said it in the last show. Jimmy's going to be back next week. Um, 
how do you feel about this going into this? Are you comfortable playing the Colts with Jimmy? Any less comfortable now that he's returning from injury? What's your take on it? Um, I think that they should win the game. They should be the favorites with Jimmy. Um, again, I don't think that playing Trey Lance was necessarily about winning games. It was more about getting Trey Lance ready for 2022 and beyond. Um, obviously, Jimmy is, is the more polished and better quarterback right now. But with a guy that you mortgage your future for, it means you're playing for the future. This like half hedging of, man, I know we spent all this capital, but we can win right now. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's just like you have to pick one or the other. You know, you can't just go middle of the road all the time. You have to pick a direction. And if they don't, that's just going to be this milk toast team where the fan base is infuriated. The coaching staff is at odds with the front office. Um, you know, Jed's pulling what little hair he has out of his head. And, the, you know, the team is just stuck in neutral while they're deciding which way to go. You know, Um I mean, imagine that, uh, you know, Grant's video is is real and we go into 2022 and they're like, no, we're going to start Jimmy. And now you're looking at it like, well, why'd you draft this guy? You know, you don't draft a guy like this to sit him on the bench the entire time. So um, Niner in Boston, Colts getting hot will be a tougher game than the 49ers realize. I do think it's going to be a tough game for sure. Uh, but I think that it's one that the 49ers should win. So... I agree. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I think, also, we... by the way, I want to go back to coach who said uh, fans really need to keep things within the realms of reality. I'll be watching for that. Jimmy G low light, really exposing wide receivers, which you're inferring. Good luck with that, dude. If you haven't seen it by now, like, I mean, I can give you a list. He leaves receivers high, which gets some hit. He gets, you know, all the time, all the time. Jimmy G's ball placement is terrible, terrible. And that's not, uh, this is not a pro Lance thing. Like, if you've been watching the team, you already know, and we shouldn't have to point it out to you. Like, to be honest. Yeah, but I don't think that you that's. Watch the Arizona game in 2020. Take. Watch, you know, just, I mean, honestly, just pick a game and you'll find, you'll find a game, like, you'll find a pass in the game where Jimmy has thrown it, where receivers either got taken unnecessary contact or been put in a position where he's actually going to get hurt. It's yeah. I mean, it's not a hot take to say his ball placement usually high. Um, I think Jimmy Trey Lance Garoppolo, too, by the way, definitely Trey Lance. Yeah, and that was the reports in practice is that he misses. He misses high, yeah. so that's something he needs to work on. They both need to work on. However, you would expect it from a rookie, not so from an eight-year vet, uh, four-year starter. And that's the difference. That's the exactly there. There's a lot of you know context that needs to be added to these situations exactly um as far as jimmy going in against the colts i i I don't feel i'm not angry and i'm not like nervous for his performance i guess i'm just ready for it to happen to be honest with you it's like we know what he is the offense can move between the 20s usually with jimmy i want to see them actually score um, they're averaging like six points a game in the half in the first half, the past like two weeks or something like that, or the past two games, excuse me. Um, it, it's, it's ugly. And the 49ers need to do a better job at getting into, into the end zone, whether it's with field goals or touchdowns, preferably touchdowns, obviously, but still they need to get points on the board. B 
because outgaining the Cardinals, outgaining the Seahawks, and losing these games, that doesn't bode well. And we talked about this earlier, Matt, in the chat. Is Kyle Shanahan getting outcoached by his rookie defensive coordinator? I know it's kind of apples to oranges, but coaching-wise, is D'Amico Ryans doing a better job than Kyle Shanahan? I don't uh, – this is weird, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. But I don't necessarily think that D'Amico Ryans is out coaching Kyle as much as it is that the the talent on defense is better. I think that Kyle, his ego, and this could play into, hey, you're getting out coached because of the ego thing or whatever, right? Where it's one of those things where Kyle thinks that he is so good that he can forego having uh you know, top level talent because his game plan is so good. And I think that the 49ers, because their pass rush is so good and because Fred Warner, even in a down year is just so much better than everybody you know else at, at his position. Um, that defense is going to hold people. That defense is going to make waves because there's a lot of talent on the defense, even with the weakness of the back end, mainly with the corners, by the way, because, because, you know, Jimmy Ward and uh, Jaquaski Tart are really good. So um, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, you can okay. look at it one of two ways. I think there's more talent on the defensive side, but I think that Kyle's ego is getting him in trouble. And it's the reason why after the Lions game where they had that big outburst, the 49ers have been averaging 18 points a game, uh, 18, 19 points a game after that fact. Um, and it's just, you know, I mean, that's not great. It's not great. Um, you know, I just don't see the development from Kyle as a play caller, as, as a head coach. Um, and I'd like to see it. So I think it's easy to downgrade one guy because you're so disappointed in him and then upgrade another guy because he's a pleasant surprise. And I think that's kind of what's going on right now. That that's actually a really good take. I, I do think a lot of fans were a little unsure what to make or what to expect from a D'Amico Ryan's, whereas the expectations for Kyle Shanahan have been set since he was hired. They expected top tier offense, and it seemed like as much as D'Amico Ryan's could keep of Robert Sala's kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for respect. I don't want to say respect, but kind of like whatever Sala had going on here. As much as that as D'Amico Ryans could retain is what fans were willing to accept. But I do think D'Amico has been a very pleasant surprise. Um, but also, I mean, we see things that happen just like Juice taking the snap yeah. on fourth and two. And that was supposed to be a pitch to Trey Lance who had blockers you can see, in front of him. Yeah, you can see what the blocker's pulling. to Exactly. Um, yeah. So how much of this-, this actually falls on the players, we don't really know. I think that, well, yeah, but I, I think that a lack of discipline is also reflective on the coaching, too. That's a great so, point. Um, and, and this tweet that you bring up of Mayoko um, about lending perspective with the PFF stats. First of all, PFF is really subjective. But if you take these at face value and you look at the big one that stands out to me is the 49ers pass being 22nd. Defense is a reactive thing. So I actually think the pass rush is better than 22nd. Um what I think is really going on 
is that people are playing the 49ers with a quick passing game to take out. Um, sorry, I'm super distracted by what you're doing right now. Oh, I'm sorry. It's still I didn't on realize. the screen. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> you know, PFF ranks a 49ers pass rush 22nd. I think that teams are getting quick throws out to negate the pass rush and testing the corners, which actually makes the corners being allegedly 10th in the league even better because, you know, they're they're trying to negate Nick Bosa and negate D Ford and get the ball out quick because they know that that back end is where the 49ers are weak and they're still holding it down. So for me, the defense is carrying this team, but I also think that they have the most talent. So, um, yeah, it's just like – and here's the other thing too. If you believe PFF stats, we're seeing that they're 21st in rushing – but fifth in blocking, seventh in pass blocking, 28th in the pass. So you're telling me that the quarterback right now is the worst position on the team. Who's played the most at quarterback? Jim. Yep. You know? Yep. Green Bay played it. Ian Sharp says Green Bay played a smart game against the 49ers. They played an excellent game. Rodgers had the ball out of his hands so fast <sighs> until the defense was tired, and then he was able to take those shots to, to Devontae Adams at the end of the game. Yep. It was a brilliant game plan, and and I think that Matt LaFleur deserves every kudos that you can give him because he called an excellent game. Um, I, yeah, it's it's one of those things where – and you see it, right? You see the Sean McDermott's, and you see the Mike Vrabel's, and you see, you know, I, not Cliff Kingsbury. I think, I think that the Cardinals' shellacking of the Browns showed that Cliff Kingsbury is not a great coach. He just has really good players. To be honest, yeah. that's, that's just my opinion. I think that the team doesn't even care that Cliff Kingberry wasn't there. You know what I mean? It's just yep. like if you blow out a good, a good, solid, talented team like the Browns, and your coach isn't even there calling the game, maybe it's not even you, dude. Same thing with like the Raiders, who looked really good under Vance Joseph. Yep. That's just like, all right, maybe maybe Gruden was a problem, you know? Um, but you look at the Sean McVeys, and you look at the Matt Lafleur's, and you look at you know, even Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. I mean, look at the start that Cincinnati's got off to. When we classify Kyle Shanahan as a genius, but then all of a sudden you see, okay, well, he's a genius, right? But Mac Nagy went to the playoffs with the Bears twice with Mitch Trubisky. Um, there are other teams that have had a suspicious number of injuries, right? The Rams haven't had a first-round pick in how it's long? Since Kyle's been here. Right. And and so and they still make the playoffs. Yep. So you're looking at all these things and you're just like, well, is he really a genius? Like when you see people catching up and even surpassing his resume, I mean, I think Kyle over with coaches over 50 games coached currently in the NFL right now, I believe he has by far the worst winning percentage. Yeah. So it's just like at what point, you know, we need something to change here. We see these teams, again, like Ian Sharp pointed out, Green Bay calling a great game plan, which we want to give Matt credit for. When is Kyle? When are we going to get that game out of Kyle where we go, man, Kyle called a great game plan? I just don't see it, and I want to see it. We need to see it against Indianapolis on Sunday night. Yep. Bar none. And, and I think that's really where the 49ers could turn their season around. Sunday night, you get two weeks. Historically, Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers is usually pretty good with the bye week, that extra week to prepare. Um, 
I, I want to see them do it. I think they'll get the job done, but it needs we need to see it because it, it's yeah. it's been a very, very frustrating season outside of that first half in Detroit where we were like, oh my God, this team is unstoppable. We're going to the Super Bowl for sure. Not 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 me and you, but a lot of the fans I know were right. so happy with this offense that it was moving and then it just quickly went straight down. Just, yep. Just tanked. It it yeah. completely tanked. Um Steve I thought it was says, promising. Go ahead. Sorry, Steve says Raven has so many injuries on offense that they're still lead on offense. That's I, I need to address this because th- that's because of Lamar Jackson, who has like his ball placement this year passing has looked much better. It looks like he's actually improved. I still think he takes too many hits, and that concerns me because I don't think he slides as much as he should. But man, Lamar looks really good this year. Really, really good. Lamar looks better than Mahomes this year. I don't know what's up with Mahomes, but he's throwing interceptions left and right. Yeah. He it's like his his luck ran out. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. Um I wanted to pull up real quick in case any of you guys missed it. This is kind of what's been the talk on on Niners Twitter today oh is this clip right here. Yep. Um this kind of snapshot where Mayoko asks John Lynch if there's a crisis in the building and this complete, you know, Body language is everything. I love watching these YouTube videos where they analyze body language. And I would love for an in-depth review of John Lynch's body language in this interview because he's just completely giving it away. I mean, yeah. there's no, nope, nope. There's, uh, where'd you hear there's a crisis? There's no crisis. It's like, man, come on. Something's going on. Whatever it is, figure yeah. it out. You guys are getting paid the big bucks. You guys have been in control of this ship for four or five years now. It's on you. Figure it out. If not, step aside and let somebody else do it. Exactly. I got to address this real quick. Steve Mullen says Madden curse. I think that's in regards to why Mahomes has looked so bad. But then on the other hand, you have Tom Brady, who looks amazing, especially given his age. And they're both they're both on the cover this year. So I don't know. Anyway, um, to address the John Lynch thing, it, when you watch that clip too, don't just focus on like the ear thing. Watch his eyes and how like there's almost like a grimace there. In his expression, there's just like a, uh, you know, like a sense yeah. of disgust in his eyes where he's just like, yeah, it's really bad, guys. But I can't say it's really bad. Right. Ah, uh, you know, and he's doing everything that he can, you know. Yeah, I know. He's like, you know, just look at my eyes. Everything isn't fine. Right. <laughs> uh, it's almost like, to- yeah, it's almost like, um. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So it's almost like a, you know, you're you're talking to somebody and they, they're annoying you and you're like, no, I'm not annoyed at all. Everything's fine. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, we'll have to see, man. There's just so much crap going on yeah. right now. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this show up, guys. It was a yep. shorter show. We just wanted to talk Niners with you guys. It had been a bit with the bye yeah, week. Definitely. And we definitely wanted to address what was going on because everything is so divided right now. It's just, you know, I think idle hands, you know what I mean? Everybody's starting to think about stuff because we didn't have a game last week. There's no game to talk about. So we're just like, what is happening with this team? And I think that that is kind of contributing to the negative aspects of it. So I, yeah, I think the tune can change. Like if they come out and blow off the Colts, the tune's going to change for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Be like, oh yeah, you know, whatever, whatever. And then it's only going to be like Trey truthers that are going to be, you know, really upset about things. Yeah. Um, but, so moving forward, Matt, what yeah. to win against the Colts, the 49ers need to do 
these three things? Rush the football, force Carson Wentz into turnovers, and score points. All right. I like it. Um, yep. I'm going to say protect the ball, get Ayuk involved, manufacture some touches, get him the ball behind the line of scrimmage, do those end of rounds, whatever you need to do, get him the ball. And number three, red zone efficiency. If you're going to go for it on fourth down, you better make damn sure you're going to get it. Because we saw last night with Josh Allen going for it on fourth and one when the Bills easily could have uh, kicked the field goal to go to overtime. It didn't work out. So you better be sure. You know um, why You know why it didn't work out, right? Because he didn't have Taylor Lewan blocking for him. Yeah. Do you see that video? Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. And you know what? I love – I absolutely love the, you know, because Stephen A did it too. Is the mainstream media is always, it's, it's so bad. Yeah. Talking out of their ass. Yeah. It's, it's just so bad. Yeah. Ian Sharp said early points, early and often, baby. Early and often. Early points. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, Real quick, guys, before we do our ad read, real quick, we have something special planned for you guys on Halloween. Um, so make sure you are here on Halloween. We're going to do a really fun show for you guys. Um, make sure you join. Just set your calendars, mark your calendars. Um, and let's thank our sponsors and wrap this show up. First, we want to thank very, very special shout out to my bookie. Head to mybookie.ag, guys. Enter promo code Hive. It's below on the screen. You'll get your first deposit matched all the way up to a thousand dollars. And you'll also get a $20 casino chip. You could bet on the Niners. You could bet on basketball. You could bet on anything. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Next, we're going to shout out 81 Vino. Thank you very much, 81 Vino, for supporting the show. Go to 81vino.com, enter code HIVE for 10% off your purchase. Free shipping on two or more bottles. Thank you very much, 81 Vino by Terrell Owens. And we also got Acre Gold. Matt calls it our gold stamp. Click the <laughs> link in the description. You can buy gold for a little bit of $50 a month. You no longer have to fork out hundreds of dollars to buy gold. Once you reach the market price of two and a half grams, I'll send you two and a half grams in the mail. Thank you yep. very much. Lastly, guys, head over to shop49ershype.com. We got plenty of merch. We just launched a new Debo tee. I see tee, but it's a really tee hoodie, whatever you want it. Um, code RGS15, 15% off your entire purchase. Thank you to the sponsors. Go support them because they support us, guys. Uh, Matt, any final thoughts before we wrap things up? You know, uh, just hold the fort, guys. It's still so early in the season. We're essentially at the one-third mark of the season. Um, You know, 18 weeks, we're week six, going into week seven right now. There's plenty of time for for all this stuff. So just hold the fort. The 49ers still have the opportunity with a weaker schedule to, um, you know, to do some damage. And, you know, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, we're fine with that. Um, If it's Trey Lance, we're good with that, too. So just, you know, support the team, support each other. Just just don't try to tear each other up, man. It's not worth it. Um, Things are so fluid and changing that you're never going to know what's going to go on. But. If you do want to know what we think is going to happen during the game, join us uh, Saturday, I believe, for our preview show for the, for the Indianapolis Colts and the San Francisco 49ers. Exactly, yeah. 
We'll be here Saturday evening. Come join us. We'll have a ball breaking down the game, previewing the game, I should say. Then Sunday, also Sunday night. It's going to be late, guys, but still, we'll be here. Make sure you come. Um, we will be here. Um, yeah. We, and, you know, we predict offensive and defensive players. I think Fernando's kind of biting my style because we all know what my prediction is going to be. Uh, I think he needs to add a forced fumble in there, and we'll be all good. But definitely, guys, um, I think that's going to do it for us, though, right, Zach? Yeah, that's it. And just at, be respectful, guys. Be respectful. I see respectful, a lot of people definitely. going at each other just because times are tough in 49ers world. Be respectful. That's it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great evening. Hit subscribe. Hit like. You know, the whole nine yards. Yep. Thanks, as always, for joining us, guys. We love having you here. So Saturday night, we're going to do our preview. So until next time, go Niners.